0: From Blue Wire Studios today, so you're ready for the August premiere.
2: We're talking about a draft that I completed last night on Roto Viz Radio. What's up, Roto Viz? Welcome on back to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Dave Cabin, senior fantasy analyst at Rotoviz. We are brought to you by Thera One CBD, NFL Sunday Ticket, Underdog, Bet Online, and FanDraft. On today's episode, a lot of sponsors. I'm pumped about that, and this is going to be a slightly different show in that it's just me for this episode. No Friedman. And that's because I did a draft last night with Mike Beers that I wanted to take some time and talk about, as I know that a lot of people out there don't really like mock draft episodes, and at the same time, people don't necessarily like hearing about other people's teams, but I did want to do one episode where I could kind of give you an idea of some of the thought processes going through my mind while I'm doing drafts this season, Also, Mike Beers is somebody that does a tremendous amount of drafts, given all of the best ball leagues that he's in. He's also really good at redraft. So I thought it might be useful for me to kind of walk you through some of the things that we talked about and the decisions that we made. Um, And kind of as a little, you know, I'm viewing this kind of more as like a bonus episode. So I'm not sure how long this is actually gonna run, uh, how long it will take me to get through it, but I'm pretty excited to share the results because I really did like this team. And this was again um on actually I don't know if I mentioned it yet, but this was a football guys player football guys players championship. Yeah, that's the name of the contest on the FFPC. Mike and I actually are gonna be co-managing another team. Uh, We decided to do a main event team together this year. So we wanted to get a little bit of practice, figured we'd work out not only what our approach might be, get a better sense of the players that we both feel good about, but actually just get used to working together, uh, doing a little precursor draft here. So we had a lot of fun doing this. I really like the team. As you might expect, Mike and I have a fairly similar approach to drafting. As far as players go, we're a little bit nihilistic in some sense, both of us on particular players' We're both more about having some type of structure in a way that you're putting together and building teams in a given draft. And that is kind of overriding many decisions that others might make based solely on the available there. I guess you would say like the listing of available players. So for us, it's a little bit more about taking a structural approach and Building out our team that way with some balance between what the draft is giving you. Um, as a quick reminder, here the FFPC is home to the best fantasy football leagues and contests in the industry, including Dynasty Best Ball, the world famous FFPC main event. To learn more or to join a league, head to myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com. And of course, we've got so many tools at the site designed specifically for. FFPC domination. So as I mentioned, Mike and I, we've been working uh, on doing these teams. We've been working on some really cool things behind the scenes. So I felt like we had pretty good synergy as we started preparing for this draft. One of the things that we both talked about was having a priority on getting one of the big four tight ends. We both feel that particularly in FFPC leagues, where you do have that tight end premium scoring, that there's definitely utility to locking up one of those big four tight ends. And also, I find that with the way that things fall out, especially in a tight end premium scoring league, you're seeing a lot of situations where those big four tight ends might make more sense than other players. Uh, Because what you do see is, for example, Zach Ertz, If you take my projections, you add on that Titan premium scoring, which is again, 1.5 points per reception. You have somebody like Zach Ertz projected for around 270 points in terms of wide receivers that puts him higher than Juju, Tyreek Hill, Calvin Ridley, Cooper cup. There's really only a handful of receivers I have projected higher. So not only are you building in some type of structural advantage by being strong at that position, but you're also likely getting a player that could outscore just about all of the other options you might be going with, especially if you are taking Earths, who tends to be going later this year, much later in that you can see him in the third round, whereas Kelsey and Kittle in some of these drafts you are lucky if they make it out of the first round. So that was one of the things we wanted to do. We had talked about if we did get one of those high picks, wanting to try and get one of those top tier running backs. I'm sure you've heard a lot about that this year. So I won't break that down too much further. The question really became what we would do if we had, say, pick seven to like nine. Would we be tempted with one of those running backs? Maybe a Miles Sanders, maybe a Joe Mixon, maybe an Austin Eckler, Uh, we didn't really feel that we wanted to go that way. Uh, we're both pretty big proponents of going zero running back. And our plan ultimately was to try and get two of the top tier wide receivers, unless we were in a position where we could maybe get Kittle or Kelsey. And then we kind of have to map out things depending on which draft pick we had. It turned out that we ended up with the 12th pick. Now, I personally love drafting at the turn. Uh, I think that it makes it kind of easy for you to map out your draft as it's going. Some people might view that differently, but for me, I almost like having those two picks at a time. I'm able to, especially with your drafting, with a structural approach in mind, you can have the flexibility to address two needs at once, which I I like being able to actively work towards these goals I have for my roster all at one time. The other reason that I think it is sometimes useful too, is you don't get caught in this trap of trying to play the waiting game. Can I, can I wait it out? Can I wait one more round and see if I get this guy? If I take player a now, I'll get player B when they come back. There really isn't that element because you know that there's 11 teams picking twice between you. It's just not going to work out like that. So I actually like that element. I know not everybody does. And I also think that you can get some really strong starts that way. Because you get your you get your first uh, wide receiver, for example. You get another wide receiver. You already have those two strong wide receivers. And then when things come back, I still kind of like that player pool. So... Um, you know, just another reason why zero running back I think is pretty attractive this year, even if you're not going with the four wide receiver start and you're mixing a tight end in there. So anyway, we were really excited about this team. Um, felt good about it. There might be one or two changes that we make when we do our main event team, um, but we definitely uh, felt good about this team. Also, while the draft was going, we got to talk some strategy. I did talk to Mike a little bit about some of the teams that he's been building in his best ball leagues, which probably makes it a good time for us to have a quick word from one of our sponsors for this show, Underdog.
3: At Rotoviz, we love titles. We love hardware. We love championships. We love winning. And we love it when you do it, too. In 2020, one thing we want to win with you is the Underdog Fantasy Best Ball Mania $1,000,000 Best Ball Tournament. It's $200,000 to first place. It's only $25 to enter. It's a no-brainer. This is like the elite best ball title this year. So you got to go to underdogfantasy.com or download their great Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store on your smartphone device, and you're going to make a deposit. You're going to use code Rotoviz when you make that deposit. Then you're going to go refer five friends, and Underdog and Rotoviz will give you a free entry into the Best Ball Mania Tournament. So it's, it's kind of like a two for one. You sign up, you put in 25 bucks, you enter the Best Ball Mania tournament, you get five buddies to play, you use code ROTOVIS, you get a free entry. No brainer, guys. Let's chase that glory. 200 grand. If $25 is too pricey for you, they've got a $5 tournament called The Bubble and you can win 20 grand in that bad boy. Their app is slick. You click on the player's name, you see the ownership, you see the latest news and notes. You can draft from that app with no problem. Man, they really knocked it out of the park with this product, and I can't wait for you to try it. So go to underdogfantasy.com today, make a deposit, and use code Rotoviz and chase that glory.
2: So again, Mike and I had picked 12. In a very predictable fashion, Christian McCaffrey went one, Saquon Barkley went two. I won't read off every pick. Um, I'll just hit on the first round, because it definitely sets the stage for the whole draft. Ezekiel Elliott at three, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire goes at four alvin kamara at five at this point i'm starting to think that it could be possible dalvin cook could be in play um unfortunately though we see michael thomas go next then travis kelsey derrick henry dalvin cook goes at nine george kittle goes at 10 Miles sanders goes at 11 all running back temptation is now cleared the tight ends are gone we now have a bit of a decision to make. Do we try to mix in Zach Ertz or Mark Andrews? It was a tough decision, but ultimately what we decided was there was enough of a chance, especially because we're picking at the turn and we're going to have those two picks, that even if we didn't get one when things came back, we could still get off to a good start, work around that. But also, you know, we pulled up the command center. We looked at the probabilities that players would, one of those two would be coming around. And you might not have this luxury in your actual draft, um, but this is one of the reasons that I love playing in FFPC leagues because we have so much intel on them. Uh, but ultimately what we decided was that we would hold off. We'd start with a really strong build at wide receiver. Did We did have the conversation. We did entertain it about, do you go with a running back? But Kenyon Drake, there's already, you know, significant concerns that you would have about Kenyon Drake, Miles Sanders. We possibly could have gone with, I feel really good about his prospects, but I'm just not quite there to the point where I'm going to go over a player like Julio or Devonte Adams. Mike did also ask if I, if I wanted to throw Tyreek Hill into that mix. Personally, I have Adams and Julio a little bit ahead of Hill. Um, but you know, that's somewhat marginal. So we went Adams and Jones, now we're waiting and hoping that Zach Ertz can make his way back to us. Um, or, or Mark Andrews, either of those we're going to be fine with. Then you see guys like Kenyon Drake going after us, Joe Mixon, Tyreek Kill, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, Hopkins, Godwin, Fournette, Evans. Then there was really an interesting mix going back and forth between running backs and wide receivers with more wide receivers going in round three. By the time it got back to us, Mark Andrews was gone. The player before us took Patrick Mahomes. This now positioned us really well. We stuck with the plan. We went with Zach Ertz. Then maybe the most contentious decision that we had to make was which wide receiver do we go with next? The guys that I really liked at this point were Cooper Cup, Calvin Ridley, and... I know there was one other name at this point I was thinking about. The guy that Mike liked was A.J. Brown. I have a fair amount of Calvin Ridley and Cooper Cup already across my team, so I made the concession. We went with A.J. Brown. Both of us had mentioned that we don't feel good about OBJ. This year, decided not to go with him. He was out of the equation. Keenan Allen was out of the equation for us. So we went AJ Brown. So that left us with Devonta Adams, Julio Jones, Zach Ertz, AJ Brown. I will say that, that I did. There's two running backs in round three that I have been thinking about. One of them being James Conner. We've had some pieces on the site recently that talk about him. So I don't need to break that down too much. Jonathan Taylor in my expert auction that I did for the huddle of USA today, I did something very uncharacteristic. I, elected to draft significantly placed budget into two running backs, something I normally don't do. And one of them is Dalvin Cook. I feel really good about Cook. I like him a lot this year. I also got kind of lucky that I managed to get him in that draft, but I also took Jonathan Taylor. I got him at what I felt like was a pretty good price for that auction. But really what kind of coalesced for me as I was in that auction was the idea that It's possible I might not have any Jonathan Taylor this year if I didn't take him in that specific league. And I wanted to make sure I at least had some exposure to Taylor because I really honestly believe that his rookie season is going to be like a Saquon Barkley rookie season. They might produce it a little bit differently. But you have a player that is very, very possibly a generational talent. We all know how phenomenal of a player he is. Then you put him into a team like Indianapolis with his tremendous offensive line. He's going to be so talented. He is so talented that I just don't see the point in worrying about Marlon Mack. Even Marlon Mack seems to know it. Taylor's going to go and he's going to crush. I said it, uh, I wrote in our bold prediction pieces that my bold prediction is Jonathan Taylor finishes as the RB3. And I'm not even sure that that is that bold of a take. So I, I wanted to mention that too, if you're heading into drafts and you're looking to get some exposure to running backs early on, maybe you just don't, you can't embrace full zero running back. You get your two guys to start off, you get two wide receivers or or maybe you go George Kittle and one of these receivers in round three, if you must go, it doesn't have to be in round. Well, what I'm saying is if you do decide that you have to go running back at some point in your first six picks. Maybe James Conner and Jonathan Taylor are the guys that make sense. So this draft moved along. You know, I got I to gotta mention something here too. Uh, Mike Beers, not very good at operating the FFPC drafting software. There was a couple of times where he made some critical errors. He actually, at one point, thank God, we had uh, Stephen Diggs, in the queue because he actually timed out on making the pick as we were talking through things and he was supposed to put it in. So he almost, I told him the amount of respect I would have lost for him had we ended up with a running back because of that error on his part would have been immense. Fortunately, things came back uh, and, and we did get that Diggs pick and followed that up with Michael Gallup. So I actually wasn't entirely sold on Gallup, to be to be perfectly honest, the other options we were looking at were Jarvis Landry and Tyler Boyd and Christian Kirk. Mike thought it seemed a little bit early for Kirk, but again, this is one of those situations when you're on the turn where I think that you don't need to factor that into your thought process very much because, honestly, any player that's going to go in the next two rounds, you're not going to have a chance to get. So I think you can factor that in somewhat but it really has to be if you think that you can wait the next 22 picks and still get that player. But ultimately, we went with Michael Gallup. Some of that had to do with the fact that I already have Kirk on a lot of teams. I have Jarvis Landry on a lot of teams. I have Tyler Boyd. Neither of us wanted anything to do with T.Y. Hilton. The player, though, that we had been discussing if we would take him if he was there was Will Fuller. And really what we thought was when you have a team that already has Adams, Jones, Ertz, A.J. Brown, and Diggs, you can take on a guy like Will Fuller because I really do believe that Will Fuller on any given week has a very good chance of finishing as a wide receiver. One, but it's impossible, especially somebody that has been an owner in dynasty of Fuller on a lot of teams for a long time, it's hard not to be worried about some of those health concerns. But I think we actually would have gone with him had he not got taken right before it was back to us. So at this point, we did decide that with our next pick, we would probably want to now make the adjustment and start going after some of the running backs that were still available. And there actually was a decent list of guys that we did like. Um, But why don't we take a quick break here, and then we can get into who those players were. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore. So everyone can benefit from TheraOne's CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Worsland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help you soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy device, When Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments, he created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim to be organic, but still contain up to 30% filler, and these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic grown in the U.S., and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for the target relief, and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. But you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com bluewire, but only until Labor Day. Go right now to theragun.com slash bluewire. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL with NFL NFLSundayTicket.tv. You can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFL NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever, Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. So getting back to uh, our draft here. As a reminder, at this point we have Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Zach Ertz, AJ Brown, Stefan Diggs, and Michael Gallup. The running backs that we were hoping would get to us after that point, guys that I mentioned liking, were... Tariq Cohen now for me absent of the news surrounding David Montgomery and what first looked like a serious injury now it looks like there's a groin issue that could maybe put him out for four weeks at the beginning of the season even before that I felt pretty good about Cohen I think that um, we can kind of forget that in 2018 I want to say it was 260 points that he put up This is a player with somewhat of a track record. Um, When he put up those point totals, Jordan Howard was still there in Chicago. So it's not like he did it in the absence of a bell cow uh, rushing type of, uh, you know, like a grinder type of back. Um, He managed to do that with Jordan Howard there. I think he could do it with David Montgomery there. Maybe you don't get that 260 point season, but he's still a player that I'm attracted to because we've seen a number of situations in which that team will use him so you know he's going to get used but I do think that there's also a lot of upside now you add into the mix the fact that Chicago might need to lean on him even more and I think he becomes a superb pick for you even in the seventh round so I felt really good about taking Cohn if we were able to get him guys that I also liked were Tevin Coleman I really don't get why there's not more conversation about Tevin Coleman I understand that Raheem Mostert was on fire at times some great playoff performances, but I was actually watching just 30 minute condensed uh, games recently. And one of them that really stood out to me, I think it was week eight, 49ers were playing the Panthers, and Tevin Coleman was just going wild. Um, I would recommend if you're not sold on implementing or if you're not sold on using Tevin Coleman in your 0BR builds or drafting him in those mid rounds, when you need a running back, you need to go back, go to the stat explorer and look at some of the performances that Coleman had, because very honestly, he was crushing it until he got sidelined with injury and Mostert got to come in. And to me, it's not a foregone conclusion that Mostert gets all of that work. I know I'm not the only person saying this, but I'm here to remind you that Coleman is a player with a track record in the team that he's on of being pretty darn good. The first time he got a crack at being a lead back, it didn't work out. Don't get off of him too much because of that. So he was a player I really wanted. We also talked about Philip Lindsay. Mike was hoping that we'd get him. Those were the guys that we were kind of keeping our eye on there. Um, At this point, the receivers that could have been around were guys like John Brown, Jamison Crowder, Darius Slayton. We did talk about the fact that... uh, we could possibly go for a quarterback if we reached a situation and maybe not in these, maybe not around seven or eight, but maybe nine or 10. If there wasn't a running back that really spoke to us or even a wide receiver, we could possibly go with one of those quarterbacks in that Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson kind of grouping. They ended up going before things got to us there. We got Cohen and Zach Moss. It's actually kind of funny that after we got Cohen, And Moss, David Montgomery was the next pick. So I think that says a lot about what we're thinking about Montgomery and Cohen. Um, Zach Moss, what we kind of liked about the profile there was we got Cohen, that kind of player that profiles a bit more as that receiving back that we think has a lot of upside. But Moss, we really could see scenarios in which he manages to get a lot of the usage in Buffalo. So that's something we like because you also... Or we also feel like Moss does have some level of usage that we think we can expect on a weekly basis, and maybe enough that you don't need anything in that situation to change for him to be usable in our lineup to complement those ridiculous receivers that we have. Um, this draft moved along. Um, you saw guys like Antonio Gibson going. Austin Scott, Alexander Madison, the receivers going were Emmanuel Sanders, Henry Ruggs, uh, John who Smith went at tight end, Matt Ryan was going at quarterback. Things came back to us. We had a chance to get Tevin Coleman. We smashed the button on that. So now we're kind of in this odd spot because the running backs that are likely to go next are guys like Josh Kelly, Justin Jackson, Daryl Henderson, um, Anthony McFarland. Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, We did think about maybe going LaVisca Chenault, but at this point, we felt that we had enough of the need at wide receiver addressed. There might be other players later that are somewhat synonymous who we could turn to if we wanted to get more wide receivers. And I'll talk about why getting more receivers was even a possibility in a minute. But we actually went Carson Wentz here because. The running backs didn't really stand out to us as guys that we had to get on this team. So we made the decision and went with Carson Wentz. Then we actually took Keyshawn Vaughn with our 12th pick. And we did get asked about this on Twitter. Things aren't looking great for Keyshawn Vaughn. But when you can take a chance in the 12th in comparison to some of these other players, at least on one of our teams, we felt like it made sense to do him. Or, or to 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 go ahead and draft him. So we actually did that. Again, I'm not necessarily expecting that he's going to be usable, but we also had Cohen Moss, Philip Lindsay, and Tevin Coleman at this point. So it felt like we could kind of take a bit of a swing there, and we did go with Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, we had a bit of a discussion then about at this point, do we have enough wide receivers? And Sean Siegel actually. I believe he had an article or he definitely talked about this on a podcast. No, I think he did have an article that came out recently with something to the effect of if zero running back hasn't been working for you, you might not be drafting enough wide receivers. And I think that it's very easy to look at this team at this point in this draft and say there's absolutely no reason why we would need to go with a wide receiver. Well, we only had five, right? So you had Adams, Jones, Brown, Diggs, Gallup. You can say, well, you know, Urch is going to be in that tight end spot. I was thinking back to the scenario where we had two of the tight ends because we talked about that. But anyways, you only have five. The odds that two of those guys aren't usable due to injuries or, um, you know, what whatever it may be in the season is actually you know like might be worse than you would think. I've had a number of these zero running back teams where that very situation happens. So. Some of this went back to if we were looking at the running backs that were there, who those guys are in the thirteenth, fourteenth round that you can get. They're not. There's none of them that are really that different than any other player that you're going to get in rounds fifteen and sixteen. So we actually took Mike Williams and Robbie Anderson. You know, there's those concerns about Williams. Looks like he might miss the beginning of the season, but you know we're probably good early on to begin the season. So we took Williams and Robbie Anderson. There's a player that Mike was interested instead of Robbie Anderson. And that was one of the few conversations we had to have. But very honestly, I forget who it was. Um, so we went with Anderson and Williams. Now we had to kind of look at our roster. One of the things that I brought up was we might need to get another tight end because what's going to happen in a league like this is most people are going to roster two tight ends. Some will do three tight ends. And in fact, We saw one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I want to say we saw seven teams that might even have been eight, uh, as I'm looking at the draft grid here quickly, that took three tight ends. So what happens in a league like this where there's 20-man rosters, um, sometimes it's hard if you don't take two tight ends to actually find a serviceable tight end on the waiver wire. Uh, we we managed to just in time right before any of the tight ends we would have been interested would have gone get Gerald Everett. We were thinking that maybe Gerald Everett or Irv Smith would be the tight end that we'd want to add there. um, Ended up getting Gerald Everett because I, I want to make a point here too. Like if you haven't done FFPC type of leagues before, sometimes if you're making the jump from 15 to 16 rosters. You haven't played in leagues with like 20-man rosters before. You can be surprised at how hard it actually is to get players at different positions. If this was a 16-team league, maybe a slightly different type of league, I would have said I don't think we need that extra tight end. Um, But we felt like adding that in. Uh, I will say, though, if we didn't get Smith or Everett, I don't think you would have seen us grabbing guys like Logan Thomas and Darren Fells, Trey Burton, anybody like that. Um, Then a concern that I did have was at quarterback... Because teams are, just about every team is taking at least two, some are taking three, you can put yourself in a situation where early on, you just don't have players you can turn to on the waiver wire. So I felt like we wanted to put somebody on this roster that would be usable. Um, And Ben Roethlisberger was there. Roethlisberger, I know he's getting older, but still, it wouldn't be super shocking if he finishes as the QB6 at the end of the season. So it's possible that we could find ourselves in a position where we're using him more often than Carson Wentz. Who knows? But I, I felt like at this point with the way our roster's coming together, there is a little bit more utility of making sure that we would have somebody to turn to in the event things go wrong at quarterback than trying to toss in a wide receiver like a Randall Cobb or a running back like a Jamal Williams. You know, that's not really adding a whole lot to our team. So we took Roethlisberger. Then the next pick that we were going to take was going to be kind of like a long shot running back pick. A player that is on a good team who needs a number of things to happen for him, but if those things did happen, could be a tremendous player. And the player that we took there was Darrell Williams. Not really expecting much to happen there, but that's the type of profile that we were looking for at that point in the draft. Uh, and then after that, we just went Greg Zerline, took our kicker, took our defense. And then with... Um, our last pick actually we wanted to go with a player that there's some type of reason they have fallen so much but if that reason hadn't been there would have been very good so a pick you're not expecting to hit on but a player that does similarly to what we're looking for in that profile with Williams have some type of track record or a situation that um Has caused people to perhaps be and maybe even fairly overly concerned on that player, but it really pushed him down. But Rashard Penny, right? There's Chris Carson there. There's Carlos Hyde. There's a lot of concerns about Penny. We don't know how healthy he's going to be, but when he is healthy, last season it was looking like he was trending very positively. So for a last pick of the draft, that's the type of player that I like to get. So I hope that this was somewhat enlightening. Um, We ended up with Adams, Julio Jones, Zach Ertz, A.J. Brown, Diggs, Gallup, Cohen, Moss, Lindsey, Coleman, Wentz, Keyshawn Vaughn, Mike Williams, Robbie Anderson, Gerald Everett, Ben Roethlisberger, Darrell Williams, Greg Zerline, Philadelphia Defense, and Rashad Penny. Why did we like this team so much? Well, you have that very strong core wide receiver. At running back, we actually managed to come out with a lot of attractive targets for this type of build in that we have a decent balance of guys that should have some type of role. And it's not so much that they just should have some type of role, but they all kind of have roles where they could all of a sudden, just like that, have pretty substantial roles. And then we have a couple of guys that we're taking some shots on, might not hit on, um, but they do have some upside we have a good enough depth at wide receiver to weather the attrition there. And then we have that really strong tight end. Um, this was a build I really like. One thing, though, that we think of or that we did mention that we're thinking of as we go into the main event is maybe we don't take both Cone and Moss at that point, which would have been the seventh and the eighth round. And instead of taking the two running backs there, maybe we take a wide receiver like a Jalen Rager a Marvin Jones, somebody like that. And then we don't take the duo of somebody like Williams and Anderson in round 13 and 14. And I think it's possible that that would give us a stronger overall roster. Um, Especially because those types of running backs that were available in that range there, there was a couple other guys that we wouldn't have been upset about getting like AJ Dillon, like Latavius Murray, maybe even chase Edmonds. So, we could place one of those guys with the Carson Wentz pick, and then if it seems necessary, get the two quarterbacks later on, because you do see Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford going in round fourteen. Uh, we got Roethlisberger in the sixteen, or um, in round sixteen. So there's a lot of options there. Um, again, I hope that this was somewhat useful. Um, I feel pretty darn good about this team, so. We were really excited about being able to build it this way. It was a lot of fun drafting. I'm sure some of you will be drafting this weekend. Hopefully, uh, you take away something useful here. Um, And hey, best of luck in your drafts. Both Matt and I will be back uh, for the pod on Monday. So I am looking forward to that. Um, You know, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF. You can follow Matt at MattFTheOracle, even though he wasn't here. He's been answering all kinds of questions lately. Pretty good resource for you. Thank you to all of our sponsors, including um, Underdog, TheraOne, NFL Sunday Tickets, uh, Bet Online, the FFPC. I think I got it all. Anyways, please rate, review, and subscribe. And until next time, remember, it's not a fantasy if you believe it. Did somebody say playoffs NBA and NHL are playing for the gold and our partners at bet online. Have you covered get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win MLB season is pushing into fall and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports. And remember the casino never closes Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sports book experts.
0: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns.